She can't control. Right. It's like, I want you to know that I'm happy for you and I wish nothing but the best for you both. And then the beat drops and you're like, an older version of me is she perverted like me. Oh, and, baby, you got what I mean. Yeah, so it all gets lost as soon as he does that. This is Alanis Morissette's You Ought to Know, which is a song that I've wanted to talk about on the show for a long, long time. And Biz Marquis' Just a Friend, which is also one of the most iconic hip-hop songs that like everybody, everybody knows in, in the world. Um, but they're both love songs, sort of, or not love songs, I guess, if you, you want to say kind it like that. Right, kind of like the last two songs. Like It's kind of like we're having a love song day, but it's like the love songs are different. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're very different. Yeah. Like Jagged Little Pill, we talked about this on the previous episode too, that Jagged Little Pill is a perfect album too. There are no bad songs on that record at all either. Um it had it was one of those albums that got overplayed to the point it became almost a joke in the mid nineties. People were like tired of it. But you can go back and listen to it now and you're like, Oh, this this shit's still it's still good. I mean, I think it sold like seven or eight million records. It had like seven hit singles, seven top ten singles or something. Yeah, it, it, was, it was absurd. For like two years, uh, ad nauseum, yeah. But did all of those things for a reason. Usually when records burn like that, they usually burn like that for a reason. So I would agree with you. Jagged story. Little Pill became the best-selling international debut album by a female artist with more than 16 million copies sold in the United States. Is now sold more than 33 million worldwide. I think part of what made this song work was because I think she kind of filled a little grungy gap for a minute with mm -hmm. this record. Yeah. For one, for the grunge lovers, for the Nirvana lovers. I think mm -hmm. she filled some of that gap with the edginess and the grunge type of feel specifically that this record has. But I don't know if there was a love song like this before this. This is furious. Yeah, this is like, rage. This is yeah. raging uh, 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 lunacy, quite frankly. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's not done with the um, subtle nature of breakup songs from previous mm -hmm. Uh, and great songwriters, and she is a great songwriter. And this, so this is kind of like a mold shattering type of record. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I mean, she was seventeen, eighteen, nineteen when she wrote this. Um, so um, this is um, I, I don't know that she's ever said that it's about the guy from Full House, but he's pretty much said that it's about the guy from Full House, Dave Coulier, um, Uncle Dave from Full House. That's who the the you is in the song. Um, do you not know this? Um, no, okay. Uncle Uncle Dave from Full House, the blonde guy, um, yeah, is 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 the you in the song, or he or he says that I don't know that she's ever said that that's who it is, but he tells the story of like, um, he is fifteen years older, so he would have been like his early thirties probably, um, and she would have been you know eighteen ish. He te he tells the story, or I read him tell or about him telling the story where when he like shortly before the song was released um like during the breakup he was like having dinner with his new significant other um or whatever or whatever and he said hey she called alas called and he said hey can i call you back for a minute and that's where the i hate to bug you in the middle of dinner line comes from um and 
he says that like when he heard that line he's like shit <laughs> that's that's when he like realized that it was about him um again i don't know that she's ever said that that's who it's about um but yeah it it was he from canada or something how did they i'm pretty that? sure i mean coulier is a canadian name i assume it is um, I, yeah. don't, I don't know that but like and, and she's canadian too obviously i know you know that but um yeah. she she was a a pop star in the you can't do that on television right yeah yeah, yeah in, that, in, in kind yeah. of a um and that would have put her in the comedic world and that could have been where she met him yeah yeah it could have could very well have been but then, then she releases this 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 whole album is um is fury i mean not all of the songs are this angry but um this song is it's um, you, you take She's taking all of that frustration and rage and like shooting it at him and turning it back on him. And if you're going to treat me like this, then you're going to be immortalized for this. For your behavior. Yes. Um, which, this, you know, this, as far as we can tell, was pretty shitty behavior. Like it's, this, this is hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. This mm -hmm. is this is the musical version of the script. And I, I love the song for lots of reasons i mean she opens it up opens both of the verses up actually with with the idea like she's trying to be nice like and it turns from nice to bitterly sarcastic like that she can't control it, she can't right. control it. it's like i want you to know that i'm happy for you and i wish nothing but the best for you both and then the beat drops and you're like an older version of me is she perverted like me and when she go down on you in a theater like oh this is this is not a normal kind of I wish you well song. <laughs> um, there that you gave to me. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. somebody's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the, th the other thing, and the, one of the, re the ways these two songs connect, actually, this one and the Bismarck Key song, is that there's a little wink in both of them. Um, like, there's a little... I know you know what fourth wall stuff is, but I'm I'm gonna say it just for everybody watching. Like we're you're, you're speaking like directly to the audience instead. Not when you're acting or performing or whatever, you kind of pretend there's a wall between you and the audience. That's the fourth wall, mm -hmm. um, where you're, you're like in this world by yourself and you're pretending the audience doesn't exist. But for, in both of these songs, he, they're, they kind of break down that wall a little bit and they're speaking like kind of directly <laughs> to you. It's kind of like they poke a hole in the wall so you can see and wink right quick, like, see what yeah. I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. There's definitely moments in Atlantis' song of, you know, watch me roast this motherfucker. Like, it's that kind of, it's, yeah. there's that kind of ethos in there, too. Mm -hmm. um, no, so, it's got a lot of, got a lot of FUs to it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, she calls him, like, Mr. Duplicity. And, like, yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's a lot of, it's, hate, that's where the bug you in the middle of dinner line comes from yeah i think this is how a lot of women feel but are afraid to react mm -hmm. this way because of how society judges and yeah. so i this touched that nerve in the hearts and the minds of women too like this is really what they want to do this yeah. is really what they want to say this is really how they feel Society doesn't really allow them the freedom to behave this way. And so when Atlantis behaved that way, they totally jump on it. Yeah. Yeah. And and some of it's teenager too, right? Some of it's oh, she a has whole a, lot. 
Hmm? A whole lot of it. It's perfect. She was a, she was barely a teen herself at the time. She had somewhat of a teen following. But this is all, this is what I mean though. <clears throat> that album did so well. The song did so well because it's like, oh no, the fifteen year old loved it, but so did the thirty five year old who yeah. just got divorced, or the forty two year old who just spent seven years with some asshole that never married her. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. Right. So it worked for them too. Yeah. Yeah. And and she's not just she's roasting him, but she's roasting her too, like the other woman that I mean she's calling the first thing you hear about this other woman is she's an older version of me right it's it's a slap in his face yeah when she says i'm gonna scratch my nails down somebody else's back i hope i hope you feel it and what's the line that comes after that you remember Um, well can you feel it so she is doing it right now like can you feel it it's not just I hope when I scratch my nails down someone else's back, I hope you feel it. Well, can you feel it? Like that's like I'm doing it right oh, now. That, that's so, what's happening. I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's she's 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 every possible way of throwing it back in his face. She's right. she's doing it. Has she ever really explained the rationale for the song? Like the level Not of that I've read. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously she's angry at this the the disintegration of a relationship. Um, but like, and she still plays it live, and she still, um, it's it's interesting to hear she released, I don't know, it's been ten years now ago, uh, an acoustic version of this whole album, like the acoustic versions of all the songs, um, and they, it's interesting to hear her sing them as a you know thirty five or forty year old as opposed to uh eighteen year old, right. So it's it it changes a little bit. Like it's still it's still giving honor to like the feelings that I had when I was a teenager, right? But it's not like I don't I don't get the impression that she feels like that now, right? Is she afraid with kids? She is. I don't think so. No. Um. I know she had. She was. She dated Ryan Reynolds for a long time, but she is not anymore. I don't know if she's married now. Sorry to hear that. Um, <laughs> And 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 right and the and the two of them are amicable and they're fine. Like they're not. That was just. Uh, this is not really working out with our schedules and stuff. So let's just. It was. It was not a a violent or rage filled breakup. Yeah, she got married in 2010. Somebody stable coming to your life does tend to bring a calming. Yeah. To it. And and I she's obviously done a lot of work with herself too. I mean, like the album that comes out after Jagged Little Pill. Um, is already much more like subdued subdued and it's just like i am i'm grateful for all the experiences the the biggest song on that album was called thank you um it's it's about you know all of the the things that she's thankful for and like she's thankful for having gone through all this shit because now it makes her a better person that's that's a very basic version Our, our emotions run on 11 when we're 18 like that's just that's just part of the youthful exuberance yeah so it is almost like an exorcism like you you kind of get that out of your system and then it's it's better i guess um it's it's an incredible song though like it's um it was it was, it was the, also the first single off jagged little pill and it's the so it's not only the great song is our introduction, most people's introduction to Alanis Morissette. The other connection, you, you mentioned um, Nirvana earlier. The other connection um, that they have 
um, between the two groups is that the drummer that plays for Alanis Morissette on this album is Taylor Hawkins, who um, most famously was the drummer for the Foo Fighters um, until his death last year. Um, and so, so they not poached him, but like they said, you want to come do this? And he said, yeah. So, um, that's another one of the crossovers between those groups of people too. Stylistically somewhere in the realm of each other. Okay. Yeah. Totally dig that. You want to flip over the, yeah. the biz? Yeah, let's do it. Biz Marquee is like the class clown of hip hop in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Yeah. And this record and the visual aid along with it is mm -hmm. part of the reason why. <clears throat> but it's really kind of funny because he's kind of where Atlantis is enraged that she's been played. Mm -hmm. He's playful about being played. And right. that's why I picked this because it's like, oh, well, I couldn't pick a song that matched what Atlantis does. So I tried to bring some ice to her fight. It's, it's a perfect combination. I mean, the, the situations are very similar, right? Like the, we both got played. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah. connecting like, issue. And pretty much like Biz is saying in a nice way, it's like I met a groupie backstage, but I was mm -hmm. really, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but like the groupie played me, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. those stories usually work the other way around. Well, I was about to say, you know, there's a girl like, I hate to say it, it is like, you know, I used to always say, well, who are you expecting? Rappers, artists, musicians to sleep with usually each other and usually there's a woman in every city or women in every city and they make themselves seen and available at these events and so this girl to me is one of those girls like the girls are the players in this situation too mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying because the, like there are girls down here in atlanta that got these rapper dudes and have helped these dudes have paid for them to start businesses and mm -hmm. live in condos and, you know, walk around in Chanel and Louis all the time. It's like, no, 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 no. So they're playing the game too. So mm -hmm. he, so he's really, um, this is what I mean. And Biz is kind of sneaky with it. He's kind of exposing some of the player nature of the females mm -hmm. here by poking fun at it. But it's really talking about you really shouldn't trust these type of women. It's really kind of like the overall message that I get, you yeah. know, because listen to how he describes her. The way I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair. Yeah, and a and short mini skirt. Yep. I just got on stage dripping, pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess who I met? He's letting you know. It's like, mm -hmm. that was probably more intentional by her than by yep. me. I was concerned with the show. You get what I'm saying? Yep. So he's really, so this is, you know, it's kind of just a friend is really, really funny and entertaining and everybody sings and dances along. It's really a cautionary tale. Kind it of is like, a cautionary tale. Absolutely. It's a cautionary tale just like you ought to know is. Yeah. It's just done playfully. And so this mm -hmm. is a style to make fights, not what you do, but how you do it. He's explaining the player in a playful way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I always thought of the song as sort of a joke. I mean, it wasn't like, like a weird owl kind of joke, but like it's, it's, um, and I don't, I don't mean that as disrespect to Bismarcky. I mean that, like, as he was joking, not he is a joke. I'm gonna be clear about that. Right. Um, and and it's 
and there's lots of silly moments and the rhymes are I don't use the word juvenile but like they're 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 silly and there there are plenty of lines that end with not rhymes too um at all that are just kind of left hey, biz, there. biz is from the old school too so biz is an entertainer and a showman yeah a beatboxer he's yeah. just and he's one of those guys this biz, biz is like popped up everywhere doing everything too mm -hmm. you know so he's just one of those guys he was never considered to be you know, quote unquote, a top notch rapper. You know, what I mean, Big Daddy Kane, a lot of his stuff, like The Vapors by Biz Marquee, Big Daddy Kane wrote that. Okay. Big Daddy Kane wrote a lot of business stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Biz was more of an entertainer. So this is him in his entertainer mode, but it's one of his finest moments. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Look, yeah. I took a flicks and she was enthused. I said, How'd you like the show? She said, I was very amused. amused. Yep. As in, she was more into taking the photograph with me than she was into my show. Mm -hmm. Listen, I asked her her name. She said, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yep. So he, so he's talking about the woman on this record. He, and it's like, you have to pay attention to like catch work because it's not, he's not doing it the way Atlantis is doing it. Like, bam, bam, bam. He's taking a little jab here, a little jab there. So you can get a full picture of who the woman is, mm -hmm. not who he is. He's trying to let you know who the woman is. So listen, I asked, do you have a man? She tried to pretend. She said, no, I don't. I only have a friend. You mean in every city. Mm -hmm. This is grouping. I have a friend in every city. You know what I mean? Of course yeah. you do. Huh? So this is about that woman. And it's just like, and I hate to say it, people literally pay attention to none of the wordplay and none of the message of this song because of the hook. Yeah. <laughs> oh, baby, you. Got what I mean? Yeah. That, so it all gets lost as soon as he does that. Yeah. Because yeah, go ahead. Because Biz is the class clown too. So this is like his showmanship moment. So when he's doing that, people get lost in that, and they forget all the stuff that he's saying in this song. All the, all these mornings. This is a cautionary tale too. Like just like KRS is a cautionary tale. It's a different kind of cautionary tale, but it's it's another gotta watch your back kind of story. Um. But yeah, like the one of my major notes here is, I mean, we talk all the time on the show about sing-along hooks, and this is one of the most iconic sing-along ones that there is. Um, and it's singing that's bad, and it seems to be bad on purpose. But And I think yes. in many ways that has helped the song in, in its longevity too, because nobody has to feel bad about whether they can sing to sing along with it. They're, you're just making you're singing like and, and nobody cares what you sound like if he's singing on record like that and one would assume he can actually sing better than this but like it's um it it, it takes away the the feeling that you have to be a good singer to sing along with it the hook is the total buy-in the hook is intentionally poorly sang because it removes anybody else's embarrassment or inhibitions about singing yeah yeah that's what I mean is like people get lost in the hook because like think about it and you know this this is like the song that you can pull up after you've like had four margaritas and it's karaoke night yep. and you're pissy drunk and you don't know any of the words or how to put them together but when the hook oh baby you yeah sure but the hook so, is also I mean coming back around to our conversation about hooks in previous episodes like the sing-along 
ness of that hook is why I knew the song and everybody knows the song and didn't know the KRS one one, right? Like that's why this one has crossed over in a way that KRS's didn't. And clearly the KRS one song is more lyrically proficient. The storytelling is at a whole nother level. But like it's I mean the storytelling in this one's really good too. It's not I don't want to dismiss that, but it's serious in a way that the song is not serious, I guess. Ferris one is serious in a way that Biz isn't serious. Yeah. And and again, I that's not I don't mean that as an insult to either one of them. That's just that's that's just like how they move through the world. Like that's just, that's just who they and, are. and both of those things are fine and wonderful. Like um, that's who they different. are as person and characters, yes. But yeah, I just, I just want to make sure we we talked about that. Like the hook is why the song did the crossover and that like that you could go into like any bar in Atlanta or Charlotte or whatever and say, Oh baby, you like, and you got what I need. Like, and, and everybody would, it'd be a sing along in like yes 30 seconds. One that everybody knows. It is. And it's funny. It makes me realize it's like, is this one of hip hop's 50 biggest records? Cause the way that we're talking about it, it sounds like, it. you know what I it, mean? It's, it's as, as far as like crossover appeal, and bringing people into whatever like that's it's pretty like, important i feel like in hip-hop culture our biz marquee record is nobody beats the biz mm. are you familiar with nobody beats the i don't biz? know that song now you've heard it that's one of a that's a rap record that you've heard before a bunch right but you didn't know that it was biz like okay really heard the beat and the drop and like all that okay it's been sampled so many times too so you probably know the record i think because it's a more what we would call a pure hip hop record. Right. Just a friend, but it's like, no, now that we're talking about it, it's like, yeah, everybody does know this song because of mm -hmm. this hook. And it's hard to deny. And then it also makes me realize it's like, is this one of hip hop's best hooks, actually? It's one of the most important ones, I think. I mean, I, I don't get to make that decision, but like. Important is a good word because I don't know if it's one of its best hooks, but it's definitely one of its most important because now I'm thinking about it. You know? Mm hmm. Where want to see if, if Big Daddy Kane wrote uh, Just a Friend. Mm. Kane wrote a lot of business stuff and I and to be honest with you uh, I just forgot. No, he wrote this. Yeah, Biz wrote this. Mm. I kind of felt like Biz wrote it because it's not It, it does lyrical. feel like that to me. Well, it's not lyrical as the stuff that Kane wrote because you know like Kane yeah. wrote Vapors and the Vapors actually has some similar themes and tones mm -hmm. Just a Friend. It's just explained different because it's Kane. Right, that's a whole right. different, whole different level of seriousness. Lyricism. Again, right, right. It's... Yeah, seriousness and lyricism. Yeah, yeah. This serious, bro. That's what I mean when I'm saying biz is the class clown too. I'm saying that like in a good way. Yeah, no disrespect at all. Like, there's a whole bunch of other serious dudes in the room around the time, like Rockin and Kane, and Cool yeah. G Rap, ARS. It's like Slick Rick and Biz were the fun. Yeah, yeah. You're you're allowed to be silly sometimes. It's good. It's good. Like, right. But I kind of wanted to pick a record too to kind of like look at, you know, that person that does you wrong through a different lens. Right. Too. It can be happy and infectious if done right too. Yeah, it is. Gut wrenching and and angst driven. Yeah, the other the other one's a catharsis. Like, like oh fuck you. Like it's getting that kind of out of your system. And this one is like. And, making, he's making fun of both her and himself in the song. Right. And this is one of the uh, the few times where we've had this occur where the more lyrically dense mm -hmm. written record 
falls on the popular culture side of things yeah. instead of the hip hop side. And that's part of what made me choose Biz too, because you know, the first record that I chose, it's like part of why I chose it was because I wanted to find something wordplay wise that could match. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, ah, oh, when you sent me back your thoughts, I was like, well, let me not try to match the wordplay. Let yeah. me try to the ethos a little better. Yeah. And th these two are perfect together. They're exactly right. <laughs> now the hook of this song, the um uh, of Bismarcky's song is like Again, I could like walk into my classroom with you know fifteen year olds and and start singing this, and they would all start singing along. Actually, they probably wouldn't because they are teenagers and they're scared to do it in public. But like, like they they all know the song too. It's it's and it's there are not many songs in the world that you could go into just about every room and start singing it, and that people would start singing along with you. Oh, you can do it with this one. You could probably do it with Bohemian Rhapsody. You could do it with, like, maybe Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Um, there, there's not many, though, that that everybody that becomes sing-alongs when you put them on in, in the room. No, you're right, and that's what made me ask myself, is this one of hip-hop's 50 uh, best songs? Because... It is one of our hip hop songs that translate and goes around into every room. Like, as much as I love nothing but a G thing, not everybody knows the words to that. No. Like, they know this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, not everybody knows Cream. They mm -hmm. reminisce up for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, notice. There are people that don't know those records that know this record. So, there's something to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't even realize how special this record really was till we started talking about it, actually. Yeah, that's, that's one of the joys of the show is like I'll, I'll learn stuff like like the yeah, stuff yeah. that I, we talked about about you two where you said you didn't realize it until I explained it or whatever. Like I, I was realizing that as I was explaining it, like it was it was like coming to me as it goes, too. So um, yeah. when you teach somebody about something or just have a conversation about it, it it, it helps your own understanding, I guess, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I learned. Like I mean, shoot, you taught me that. I didn't. I'm about to go listen to this R.E.N.K.R.S. one song that I've never heard in my life. 